Welcome to the Myofascial Health Podcast, hosted by me, Unu. Follow along as I explore the depths of John Barnes' myofascial release approach on my road to mastery. Along the way, I'll be sharing the lessons I learned as I open my myofascial release practice in Austin, Texas, so that you don't have to make the same mistakes I do. back to the Myofascial Health Podcast. Now I am joined here by a very special group. I just took a healing seminar and I got to meet these individuals and I got to share this healing seminar with my partner Yvette and she has joined us on this podcast today. And so if everyone could just take a second to introduce themselves, uh, say your name, what you do and where you're located. Okay, I'll start. Um, I am Millie. I am a registered nurse here in Las Vegas. And this is my wife, Aika, also <laughs> a nurse, also in Vegas. Go ahead, Jason. Uh, I'm Jason Lau. I'm a family medicine physician in Las Vegas, Nevada as well. And I'm his brother, Joseph, uh, an optometrist working in Las Vegas too. And I'm Yvette, uh, currently a engineer here at Austin, Texas. And then I'm Unu. I'm a physical therapist here in Austin, Texas, and I am deep into the myofascial release world. Now, what's funny is the way that we've all gotten connected was through Rowena, who is a myofascial release therapist who has a very successful practice in Vegas where y'all are at. And or she sent y'all out there. I happened to join with, with Yvette. And she was trying to connect us. She kept saying to me, like, hey, I got, I sent some people. You should definitely link up with them. And uh, without any prompting, without any communication between us, we actually happened to sit in the same area. I thought that was a very synchronous moment. And it's one of those things where it's just meant to be. I think I remember Joe saying, oh man, Rowena just texted me. And right when she texted me, I happened to sit down right next to him. And so it was cool to be able to meet y'all, um, go through this whole process together. And I do cherish the moments, not even during the seminar, but actually the times where we got to have our deep conversations, being vulnerable and honest with each other outside of the seminar. So really quick, before we get started, I know that y'all are not the typical crowd that goes to these seminars. Mostly I'll see uh, massage therapists and physical therapists, and so to be joined here in this particular seminar by a doctor of osteopathy, an optometrist, and two nurses, and an engineer, I thought was very special. So what did y'all think of the seminar? For me, I was, I came into it with an open mind, and because I didn't really know what to expect at first. I was trying to process, I think, everything that was happening, being in a room with a lot of people really close together was um, different for me. But as the seminar went on, I just fell in love with it even more and felt like um, by the end of it, it had kind of re-sparked my passion for helping people again, which was really nice. Yeah, you know, for me, I was also... There's no ex expectation coming into this. It was more just being, uh, having the open mind to know what's out there. You know, I mean, healing seminar, who doesn't want to be curious about that? I think that the expectation 
was nothing like or it, the actual one you know it's it's just you just got to be there that's that's my interpretation of that so i thought in the beginning that all of this was a little bit too woo woo for me at first <laughs> yeah. where i was like is this all staged are these do these people really believe this what is everyone else on and then <laughs> i became more open minded as things progressed and realized that concept of there is no wrong way to heal. I mean, there are dangerous ways to heal, but in the way that myofascial was approaching it, I thought that it's it's the idea of creating a vulnerable space for people to be aware of certain traumas, whether that be physical, that have an emotional attachment to it. So that's where it became, it helped me actually remind me more of the spectrum of healing for what it is to be human. I was interested in the seminar because as an optometrist, um, practicing a lot of vision therapy, actually. And with vision therapy, it's very, you know, you're looking beyond the eyes. You're looking at the whole person. You're looking at the personality. You're looking at their body. You're looking at their intention. And just all that kind of really resounds with what I was hearing at the at the MFR seminar. I think it was, I was going with an open mind. I didn't really have any expectations. I actually wasn't quite sure what to expect, but I was, I was very happy with what uh, we were able to take away from it. So I didn't have any expectations as well. Similar with what Jason said on the first day I had told Unu, I'm out of here because everything was just too much for me. I was just like, this is fake. This is like somebody's paying these actors, but I will say that it took me, you know, probably two or three days uh, to get more acquainted and be a bit more open. I think by the last day, I was more aware and I kind of just opened up myself for receiving what MFR had to offer. And I think by the third, by the fourth day, I was very receptive to it and you know, everybody's at their own pace. Uh, I do wish that I could have opened up earlier, but, you know, it's it was just not my timing. I think after the first break event was like, oh, so what do you think? And I think we were both kind of looking at each other, like not sure on how to answer. Like, I don't know what you want to hear. And she was trying to figure out like where I stood or where everybody else stood, right? So I think we were all kind of doing that at the beginning. And I think over time, it just like, you know, it was just like no more, no more guard. So I love that y'all were open to it. Uh, I think going in without any kind of expectations is the best way to go about it. Now, I will say that something that John teaches is you really want to be present, right? Because this moment that we're having right now is really all there is. What's in the past has happened. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. But right now we have this present moment. And I will say that it was cool for me to be there for y'all's first experiences because I got to remember what it was like to be in my first seminar, where when you see someone unwinding on stage, yeah, that like, what the heck is going on moment, you know, and I could see that in all of y'all um, to the point where Yvette was like, kind of wanting to leave. And I'll say that it was a reminder for me to stay present because I know that when she had agreed to go to healing seminar with me, I had this thought of like, Oh, she's going to be able to see me in my element. I'm, you know, this is a huge part of my life. I'm great at, you know, helping and serving people. 
And when she got jarred with that first unwinding, her initial reaction was like, yo, this isn't for me. Like, give me the keys. I'm going to get out of there. And I will say that I took it personal. Like, I was like, I thought this was for me. You know, I thought you're going to see this for me. And I recognized like, okay, everyone is going to have their own experience. And when I first got introduced to the work, I had those same thoughts and uh, thinking because I was like, dude, what is going on? And so with that, though, I think because I got to share in this moment with y'all, there's this running joke where I'm kind of the upperclassman and I get to show you around like it's orientation. (laughs) And I thought that was the coolest thing because one, I was there to kind of validate y'all's experiences of like, hey, it's okay. Like, good. You're having this moment. No one's telling you you have to buy into it. Even John himself on stage was like, you don't have to believe anything that I say, but as long as you're open to it, be willing to receive the work and see what comes of it, right? And then something that Jason had said is like, yeah, sometimes we don't recognize the emotional component. We do recognize the physical component. And I'll say that the body keeps score. So it's easy to recognize when there's a physical trauma, right? If someone gets beat, something like that, car wreck, it's very visible. But emotional trauma affects you just the same. It's just not as visible. And however, we get taught in society to suppress our emotions. You know, um, we're told to, hey, you know, don't don't show vulnerability. You know, don't don't show any of emotion because that shows weakness. And I'll say that for my experience, I found that once I am able to be vulnerable and show that I'm imperfect, it kind of helps other people relate to me more versus portraying this perfect image of of success or who you are or whatever it is. Did y'all have any moments like that? Or did you guys have any feelings in those similar alignments? I felt like a lot of the things John said really resonated with me as far as being a nurse and finally feeling like the missing link in healthcare, giving that that piece to me was that's something that I really took away and I really felt a lot from that you know I think at first I was maybe a little more open-minded my sister has done MFR and she's had her own experiences and working with Rowena um, has really opened us up as well so I think that helped going into the seminar but that was yeah that was a really good yeah you know I mean it kind of for me it kind of put two and two together, you know, like what, oh, what I was working with Rowena is finally kind of put into a perspective where, okay, I see where we're going with this, you know, it's, uh, I see the journey now and I feel kind of stuck to be aware and now really finding out, hey, I'm, I'm ready to ride this ride let's do it. So that's kind of where it takes me, you know. And it's, it's kind of nice, kind of nice. It feels freeing. So I'm going to explain vulnerability, like going to the restroom, where if you are, if I'm holding in like a fart in the restroom, I'm not completely letting go. It's the concept of being aware that it's okay to let go, that I'm able to identify and move forward to make space for healing. And it, it's vulgar, but it's something that's relatable because it's just the idea of, of where Holding on to emotional trauma or even um, finding a space to be vulnerable to express that emotional trauma 
is the way it's like being able to see the rest of the wound. It's similar to a cut. If I can only see the surface level, it's never going to actually heal. And that's where two parts to being aware of that for me, especially in medicine, is the concept of allowing myself to create a space to be vulnerable in a way that empowers the patient in front of me to be okay with being vulnerable as well. And that's where I feel like one of the things I didn't maybe fully identify was me going to the session wasn't to learn MFR, but it was to learn more about how to heal myself yeah. and learn more about what am I missing? Because I feel like there are so many aspects of healing that I still need to do work on that I'm still learning, even through just listening to all of you. If none of y'all have been to John's clinic in Therapy on the Rocks, there's a sign on the door that says, any release is a good release. So great analogy. Uh, it is very much in alignment with John and his teachings. Uh, Joe, you have any thoughts? Uh, it's hard to follow up after that. Let her rip. That's all I can think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, talking about like vulnerability and and uh, it, it was really interesting, especially with our conversations outside of the seminar with all of you, where we all kind of put this kind of almost professional facade over because of what we do, right? Of our accomplishments, our, our, our titles, right? But John always emphasized like, what's the title, right? And mm -hmm. I really resound with that because I would always tell people like, I don't care that like I'm a doctor. I forget I'm a doctor sometimes. I tell other people, oh, people can be just as good or bad regardless of their title, right? And then that certain personality you try to live up to, I think is just... I don't know. It's kind of silly when you kind of think about it, because really what matters is the essence of the person. And that's kind of what I really took from uh, some mm -hmm. of the things John said, because deep down, it's like, I mean, deep down, everyone's good. That's what I think. But we just kind of get misguided because of what we're trying to do in the modern world and uh, industrialized world and trying to achieve and accomplish all the time. Beautifully stated. I will say that I didn't come with any expectations, but I did assume that I was going to learn how to do MFR on myself or like on UNU. I wasn't aware of all the emotional part portion. And I think a lot of the exercise that John had had us go through kind of has, I, I want to say, benefited. I remember the the A and B uh, exercise where one of us had to uh, stand up and sit down. And, you know, I had made a comment to Unu. Actually, I started crying when I was standing up and I started crying because, you know, I I felt like I oh, there are moments where I'm upset with him and I feel like I'm lecturing him and I'm like, I'm doing the same thing that my parents or somebody work, you know, uh, is doing to me. And it was sad to see uh, Unu look up to me. And so now it's more of like, you know, being leveled, seeing each other as equal. I think a lot of the exercises were great. And I hope that Unu and I continue on using them. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'll say that the A and B exercise was very powerful and it integrated, I integrated with it because I'll say that, you know, coming back from Sedona, I always feel great, but I was immediately kind of thrust into the fire because I went on a family trip. 
And something that John said that kind of resonated or cut me a little deep was he said, and these aren't his exact words, but he said something along the lines of, you know, you care too much about what people think. And, uh, and everybody has this wanting to be liked. However, you shouldn't dim your light because you're trying to play small because somebody else, you know, feels a certain way about it. And I'll say that immediately upon coming back, I got into kind of a spat with my oldest brother. And I've always been the youngest. And so when we're speaking, and I'm sure Jason, you being the youngest, you might be able to resonate with this, but it's like, it's easy for us to just go along with the flow and not like take the lead because everything has always been done and we just kind of follow suit. And so me and my brother got into this little spat and he was trying to intimidate me. He was like kind of standing over me. I was sitting down and kind of being aggressive. And so I remember this A and B exercise and all I did was stand up. So we're seeing eye to eye and then he had to back off. So I was like, oh man, it feels good to like stand up for myself. And so something that had shifted for me, I could tell was like, I don't care as much about what other people think. I'm going to stand in my own space and power and if you have a problem with that, that's going to be your problem. And so uh, I'll say that, yeah, it felt very freeing to be able to stand up for myself, to be my own man. And, uh, and that has been a great lesson that I've integrated from the seminar. Uh, do y'all have anything to share about how y'all have integrated what you learned into your regular daily life? I love reminding Aika when she's in Channel 5. <laughs> That's always a win. <laughs> um, no, but but for real, other than that, we actually started this kind of practice um, every morning before work. I wake up early for work and I find myself like, you know, snoozing the alarm, rushing around and then running out the door as fast as possible and not having any time to like just wake up. So I've really tried not snoozing the alarm and um, Ike and I have actually went outside every morning and did kind of the rebounding exercise John had done with us, like the little dancing to music. And it's just been a really fun way to smile in the morning before work and like have that moment just outside having fun with each other and um we've actually really been utilizing the like tools john taught us in the seminar like the balls we have two of those and like the sacro wedgie and we've been practicing mfr on each other yeah. like the other night we were laying in bed and she had her like arms on me and I felt her like the pressure getting a little deeper. And then I was like, are you, are you trying to do MFR right now? Get off of me. <laughs> yeah, I'm practicing. <laughs> but we really have been um, just trying to utilize those little tools. And I think we've noticed a huge difference. Just I, at least I have in my mood and throughout the day, I carry that like good energy with me. Um, and that's been huge for me at work, just having like a positive experience before work even started. Yeah. You know, I mean, one thing that resonated with me from the seminar exercise wise was um, the not talking, you know, be a therapist, 
and patient. I think that was one of my favorites. It gives you a release and knowing that there's no judgment Mm -hmm. of, hey, say whatever you have, you get two minutes and you'll never hear about it. If you don't want to talk about it, don't want to talk about it. At least you're saying it out loud. You're telling, you know, you're, you're releasing, you're not holding on to that space. You're giving that space another chance for something else good to come. So I thought I, that was, that was really cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. We've done that. We've done that a couple of times and that's been really saved us a lot of arguments actually. Yeah. I think that's so. huge. That's huge. You know, we're, we're making it happen. Mm-hmm. And so just to give some context to what Ika is saying is there's an exercise we did where we said, hey, we're going to just sit in front of each other. One person is going to say whatever they need to say, whether it be an issue they're working through or with the relationship. And the other person is just the therapist in which all they're doing is listening. You're not reacting to what they're saying. You're not trying to be defensive. You're not trying to say anything. You're just there. And you put this time limit on there and say, hey, by the end of this, I will figure out what it is as the solution. And so John had mentioned, hey, this can save your relationship. And if you already have a good one, this could make it better. Now, I will say that me and Yvette were like, okay, let's schedule this once a month, once a month. So to hear that y'all have already done that multiple times since the seminar, man, y'all are just overachievers over there. But, you know, I think that helps because like y'all's marriage that you that's the next step that's a, a huge commitment yeah yeah and I mean we're both female so we know how to talk a lot <laughs> <And> <laughs> we have to make space for it seriously so yeah. you know <laughs> this is all and, girls house, household so. yeah. <laughs> Jason do you have something to say I don't know what words are um but I do know how to speak sometimes but um so as far as for what I took away was the unwinding kind of concept where that feeling of that good morning stretch, I was like, oh, this is something that I feel I could do or try to uh, tap into even as the day progresses when I feel caught up with tension. So especially where when I would do yoga, I would be like, oh, this is a good space to like just unwind. So during a certain movement, just add an extra shakeout kind of thing of whatever not even thinking too much about it but just feeling out and that's where I feel like even mobility wise I feel it's allowing for more range of motion because it's just the idea of going back into emotional memory for the body goes into how I think about uh repeated patterns where it's just the idea of just the way that someone learns how to play piano or even the way we learn to drive We can sometimes get into a flow state, but just as a positive flow state, there is a negative flow state. So in terms of holding on to negative tension. So there were a lot of times like when I would practice yoga where I'm like, I'm going to be guarded here because I know what my limit is. But then kind of expanding on the concept of unwinding, I'll be like, oh, let's just explore or and yeah, explore and feel for what there can be versus assuming what there is. So I would say that that concept of unwinding is definitely something that I think I would love to like almost explore more of learning how to feel that for myself more through through getting treatment and also learn how to actually teach that to people because I feel like people are already kind of subconsciously doing that at times but to know that you can do that on a regular basis kind of again like passing gas or burping when you know you're holding in something just like unwinding when you're holding in tension 
Yeah, what I what I love about that is you you from first being jarred about the unwinding, seeing it on stage, now being like, ooh, I'm trying to seek that out. I, I love that. I love that. And it's unnatural for us because in school, we're told to sit still and be quiet and not move around. But like as kids, you're always going to run around. Now, when you look at nature, like cats, especially, they're stretching all the time. Literally all the animals will do it. But for us, we've unlearned that. So it seems unnatural, but it's a very natural process. So I definitely resonate with what you said. And uh, I would encourage everybody to try to unwind a little bit. I like that you're stretching. Yeah, there's no judgment here. You guys can just do whatever you want. Like we're made to move like that. Get your fascial system moving. And as they're doing this, uh, yeah, everybody knows like, oh, when you do it, it feels good, right? And yawning or that good morning stretch is like a natural way to unwind. So it doesn't have to be this huge convulsive violent thing sometimes it just can be subtle and and I think as you get more confident with it uh you recognize hey it's normal and then I feel great when I do it Joe do you have any thoughts so we talked about everything now this makes it harder to follow up after you guys so um so just talking about what what exercise that kind of resounded I guess it's uh did you take anything from the healing seminar that you've integrated in your regular Um, life uh you know I feel like my reactivity and and has improved, like reactivity to stress, and then just connectivity with uh, other people, kind of like rekindled a little bit. Because you, when you see so many people on a day to day basis, you're seeing like fifteen, twenty different patients every day, right? You kind of lose that energy. Like you still, you still put it forward as much as you can, but it sort of revived it. And I think that some of the exercises really helped. Like the ones, the A to B ones were really good. I think, especially when it was between me and my brother, like kind of a tangent, but it, like we, we had a little bit of tension between us. Like our relationships, our relationship hasn't always been the best. You know, you were close when you're little and then you kind of distance as you, as you grew. So just having practice with eye contact, uh, with that context, I think helps talking with, you know, strangers. Like if you, have a difficult time connecting with a family member or somebody and then you're able to kind of repair that I think that helps you kind of connect with anybody right absolutely um I'll say similar to Millie um I've been using that ball technique and so I've also noticed um you know right after the the seminar like I caught a plane and I was on it for like 14 hours and for whatever reason, typically I would be like hurting the next morning, but surprisingly I felt very, I wasn't tired. I wasn't knotted. I felt very refreshed. I'll say the days following it, I, I felt very light and it, it was something that I had told Unu. I just felt uh, lighter and I don't know if, you know, anger, unforgiveness, trauma, you know, like a lot of that is very tense in your body. And I wasn't certain or sure that when John had us do that last day exercises where yell, you know, just scream. And, you know, I I felt almost like I had no idea, like I had so many things bottled up and all I just needed to do is just scream and let it out. And so I don't know if it was that or, or what, but like, 
I remember being at the airport and I had told Una, I was like, man, I feel so light. I don't know what's, what it is. And till this day, you know, I, I feel very different. I feel like even people recognize that, you know, they just come up to you and like, Hey, we missed you. Hey, you look uh, happy. You look all this, you know, like I can definitely see how that, that anger, that unforgiveness, this trauma is like, they do something to you inside, but it also reflects outwards without us even knowing. Yeah. So something that John teaches is without awareness, there's no choice. And so we kind of go through life and you feel this weight, but because it creeps on you very slowly, you don't realize that you're wearing it. Right. And then you have a myofascial release session or a seminar and you're like, wow, I feel lighter. I didn't even know I was, I could feel like this. And this feels great. I'm not like this all the time. And so I love that you guys had that experience, especially Yvette, when she was like, Ooh, I feel lighter. And I was like, that's awesome. Right. That means you're able to let go of a lot of things that you're holding on to subconsciously. Now, uh, something that I noticed or appreciated about healing seminar is oftentimes, or not oftentimes, but it's not uncommon for people to go in pairs. You know, you get a little discount if you sign up with twos. And so I got to share this experience with Yvette, you know, Aika and Millie are together. And then Joe and Jason, y'all went together. And we all had our own different relationships. And I could learn from all of y'all. And I want you to know that like, you guys have influenced me in a very positive light. You know, I think especially with Joe and Jason, like your brother dynamic, I live that, right? And so I think I can relate to Jason a lot because he's the younger sibling, but I think there comes a time when it's like, yo, you don't got to be the younger brother, you know? And I'm sure Joe is like, that's the older sibling. And so she could resonate with Joe or it's like, yo, y'all, you younger kids got it easy. You know, like we were expected to do X, Y, and Z. And for some reason, our parents were light on y'all because you realize it didn't happen. What were some takeaways that y'all got from, from noticing different relationships, whether that be us or even John and Donna or anything that you guys uh, got into your awareness? I also share your sentiment, Unu, of really um, learning from all of y'all's relationships and especially Joe and Jason. Aika and I would actually talk about it and be like, I think that is so amazing to have a sibling to go with and something that I really took away from both of you was just making more time to talk to my siblings in that way whether it's a little conversation throughout the day you know my I have a brother and sister and they live in Indiana I'm here in Vegas so we don't see each other and I really want to value you know want to spend more time with them and that was really like inspiring by you too. And it's also nice. Like, I think I like to look at couples who have different cultures because Aika being Filipina and I am white, <laughs> you know, it's a learning curve. And so you, you know, Yvette and Uno seeing both of you from different cultures, incorporating that together. I really, I like seeing that and learning how people pull different ways in, you know, and make their own kind of culture. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, for me, I'm not very 
close, I guess, with my sister growing up because we have a big gap. Um, I was like a six years older than her. Or actually, you're, you're my dad, Achana. <laughs> okay. Uh, just kidding. But anyways, we didn't, we did not grow up close. So, you know, every time I see Melly talking to her sister every day, five times a day, she's like, what do you guys talk about? You know, I didn't resonate with that. But now that coming back home, uh, you know, it's, it's actually, it made me want to know her a little bit more in that sense, um, emotionally, because, you know, just because we grew up in the same household and the same parents doesn't mean that we had the same childhood. So, you know, I, I feel like that this is my chance to get to know my siblings in that way. So I, I really like that a lot. And it's nice to feel like, hey, I want to be curious about you. And that's the awareness that I'm kind of realizing just now. So, yeah, you know, kind of cool. That's beautiful. Jason and Jill? Uh I, I mean, you said something very interesting when we had dinner about um, one of the things that you were looking for before you even met Yvette, which was um, you were looking for someone that would unknowingly make you a better person. And I think that that applied, at least for me, when I was like thinking about that with general relationships, even with my own brother, where I think my brother knowingly made me a better person, but there are parts that he unknowingly made me a better person. I had no plan to make you a better person. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> man. Yeah, but and even with that, where, where like you said, like there's no intention, but it's something where um, maybe you were leading by example by just subconsciously. But it's this concept of of where me even recognizing like us in pairs, the the, the three of three pairs that are here, there there's this dynamic of you're gonna take the words I'm gonna say. <laughs> there's many layers to it, right? Extroversion, introversion. But I won't. You can you can you can you can expand on it more. But it's just something where where there is no wrong or right way to experience or even express i used to believe that i'm like oh if so and so doesn't express themselves the same way that i do there's something wrong if i'm not getting that reaction that i would react there's something wrong there versus observing that other people everyone has their own has, has their own way of expressing themselves whether that be happiness joy sadness and it's not always the same way that I would mirror for myself, which is I would used to be looking for. But this was that reminder of so where in pairs of everyone, even when they unwound, it's just this idea of like some people can unwind quietly. Some people need to unwind in a way where it seems like they might be hurting themselves. But it's all, <laughs> it's all part of a, a spectrum of, of what it is to be human. And there is not necessarily any arguably wrong way to be human in, in, in terms of the experience. Yeah, so I feel like observing the two dynamics between personalities of, of, of expression and also just the realization that there's uh, a lot of people that, even like what you guys, y'all are kind of resonating here, I feel like this is a cup of coffee for me where I'm like, oh my gosh, this is my jam. This is what I live for. <laughs> and I don't know what that is quite yet. Like, I don't know what that, what is, what what is happening physiologically and i know that's channel five me trying to understand why but the reason that that matters for me is because i feel like this is something that could help other people it's something that's like where that's where the science does matter of making it reproducible because if something like this is like free and we're just literally just having a conversation but it feels healing it feels lighter like the way that you described it that that's what i was like oh yeah that's what i'm feeling i'm feeling like ha unwinding <laughs> All right, and now I'm just making sounds. I'm going to pass the baton to you, Joe. 
No, so no, I agree with you. You just have more colorful ways of saying it than I do. You're the you're the extrovert, and the funny thing is, is that we actually think very similarly, but you say it differently. <laughs> you got talking about the synchronicity with just all of us. It's it's wild because we all came in pairs. My brother was coming. I was like, "Why are you going?" <laughs> I was like, "You haven't been in Rowena in months," and I was actually kind of confused. But I was, you know, I was I was welcome to it. But at the same time, I was still guarded because I was like, oh, we'll get our own rooms and just in case we need space. Right. So it's like when I look at I think all of us getting together was very important because we're able to discuss and observe each other's relationships, but also just get it out there. There's so much interplay with, you know, like what Millie said about um, when I got being Filipino, like the cultural similarities even with talking with Yvette too, I was like, dude, I get you. <laughs> You're the introvert. And I look at Unu and I'm like, Unu reminds me of my brother. And there's certain things you can do with them and certain things you don't want to do. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, it's it's just awesome seeing you guys. Um, I, I really am happy that Unu was able to connect with my brother or all of you to connect with, you know, everybody connect with everybody, but especially Unu and, and, Unu and my brother, because I think he's able to see kind of like uh I don't know. You you are like an upper class, right? Like just a few years difference or who's older anyway? I think we're the same age. I just turned 37 in September. Okay. Sorry to, sorry to say he's older, Jay. but I think <laughs> having somebody else who can think similarly and have a same similar energy, because you both, you both have this kind of vibrance to yourselves. Right. And I can tell you're both very determined people. So Anyways, I'm rambling now too, but basically- I appreciate that. Look at this. Look at this. Okay. Yeah. So uh, thank you, you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And I thoroughly enjoyed being the upperclassman, whether that be choosing where to eat or going on a hike and doing those little things. It was like, yeah, because Sedona is a special place for me. And to be able to share that with others is like me passing along the torch and using my light to shine y'all's light. And I, I hope that you guys carry that on. And I know that there will be a day when you guys become the upperclassmen as well. So uh, one thing that I do love is like, you guys are starting to use the MFR lingo, right? Whether that be like, oh, you're you're in channel five, or I don't think you're channel five. I need to be channel three. Or like, oh, you know, I want to know why. And I know that's a channel five thought. And I love that. I absolutely love that because it's a different language and it doesn't necessarily have to make sense. I think what John is trying to get us to learn is like, hey, don't ignore the way that you feel. Just because something makes sense doesn't mean it's the right way to do it or because it doesn't make sense, it's the wrong way to do it. It's like, there's no right way. There's many different paths to your ultimate happiness or your joy. And so making sure that it is your path, right? Just because you're on a path doesn't mean it's your path. And your dreams, they don't have to be big, but they do have to be yours. And I feel like a lot of times when we're under, whether it be the pressure of society or our parents that want the best for us, we kind of lose sight of our own dreams. And so for me, I have definitely found my path, you know, and Mile Fashion Release is a huge part of that. What would y'all say in that context? You know, that's that's funny you just mentioned that because I have been having conversations recently with Aika um, about just 
feeling like I don't know where I'm going. And I feel like this has provided such um, clarity for me and what maybe my path is. And, you know, maybe it involves MFR, whether it's just um, teaching friends and family its benefits. And, you know, I have our best friend and her husband that want to go to the healing seminar next year um, in June in Sedona. So I just feel like um, right now I'm just on a mission to show everybody how amazing MFR is and maybe changing my path in life. You know, nothing drastic anytime soon, but I feel like I got some clarity from the whole trip. Awesome. It's really good to hear because for me, you know, coming in, my looking into it, I was looking for like self-reflection, right? I I wanted to know more about myself. I felt dissociated. Uh, you know, I've always been the one that's, hey, always moving, but I didn't know why because I feel like I'm always on the go. So being in Sedona, I think what taught me is to slow down a little bit and tune into my channel three a little bit more. And uh, it really, you know, not everything has to be one plus one equals two, right? It, it could be, it could be anything. It could be as colorful full as rainbow. It's, it's whatever. So for me, I'm really enjoying this new finding of myself. You know, I'm kind of relearning how who re I really am. And I think MFR has really um, opened me up to it and a little bit more vulnerable because I, I, I know that I'm, for my culture, it's, it's a little bit more uptight. You know how you guys, Asian family, household, it's got to be this, this, this. And for me, I'm just kind of, hey, you know, I'm doing my own thing right now. I'm, I'm enjoying it. So I like that a lot. What was the question? How is MFR integrated in our, in our, in our future? No, it's whether it be choosing a new path, you know, uh, using the lingo of MFR, like channel five or channel three, I kind of saw that you had a reaction to when I was saying, you know, just because you're on a path, it's not your path and you don't have to dream big, but it does have to be your dream. And oftentimes we're under the pressure of, for us Asians, it's our parents, right? And so do you have any insights with that? Like Millie had shared like, huh, she's been having thoughts of how, she feels a little bit lost and it's okay to be there. You know, I don't think we have to have all the answers right away. That's a channel five thing of like, oh, what am I going to do? I need to do this now, that impulsiveness, right? But if you can get centered and present and in your body, you kind of sit back and you see how life unfolds for you and you don't have to force it so much. Do you have anything to share along those lines? Oh, 100% in terms <laughs> of, of where... This is where um, one of the thoughts that was coming to mind as 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 all of you were speaking was was like, oh, yeah, just keep following the breadcrumbs, because this is the concept of like where a lot of my life has been trying to think that you tell me what to do and I'll just do it 100 percent or 120 percent. The problem is or it's not even a problem, but what I what I had perceived as a problem was that I'm in this place now where there aren't these milestones anymore. Like I'm I work to where I was supposed to be. I got the job. I got. I'm getting paid and I'm like, now what? Like, I don't, I'm, even if I work any harder, or if I work less hard, I'm in the same place. But that's where I, I found myself getting lost. That's where I was last year. And that's where 
seminars such as this and meeting people like you is are the breadcrumbs. It's this concept of of continuing to um, realize that there are many ways to live a life filled with with opportunities that aren't necessarily um, defined. And one of them being finding more communities like this, even in my own space. So like in Las Vegas, and I think Millie, Ika and Joe, it's like, obviously we're in Las Vegas and Rowena. And I, and I think she's, she feels it too, where she's like, oh, she even texted Joe and I, and she's like, I think we're supposed to work together on something. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Joe? Yeah. I mean, I resound with my brother says, uh, I think that having just the, the open approach to attending the seminar and then it just leaves it even more open uh, afterwards for where to go uh, as far as um, integrating MFR with my current path. Like, I, I think there's there's something there. Um, I just don't know exactly how to go about it. But like you said, you just kind of wait and see and the path will open up. I think, you know, I kicked myself in the butt because actually like a couple of days before a couple of days after the the last day of the seminar, when John was like, any questions, any questions, I wanted to ask him so badly about this p- specific type of eye condition, right? Where, you know, nystagmus where the eyes start shaking, right? And I was like, man, I really wish I asked him because two days later, I get three patients that all have it. And I'm like, there's something that MFR can do for this. I know there is. And I was just like, man, I just want to learn more and more about it. And, and I know it will work well with with what I'm doing with eyes? Well, I am not in, I'm not a massage therapist or a doctor of any, any sort or work in the hospital or anything like that. But what I would say is, you know, there has been, I think I came at a crossroad where the baggage kind of just caught up and it was too heavy to carry And, you know, one of the things that John said was verbal therapy is that's all it is. You know, you you can get as much, but their MFR can do so much, can add more to it. Right. And I will say that I did begin my journey uh, with therapist at the end of 2021. And I would think I, I, you know, I thought, oh, I'm taking the right steps to heal myself or attempt to make changes. And it wasn't until the MFR seminar where, like I said earlier, it felt like this load just, I just, you know, this laundry bag of baggage is like no longer this heavy you know it might have been like 40 pounds it's probably like 20 now you know there's still some there but it has propelled me to where I'm not scared I'm not afraid of the unknown when I'm going through these changes and it just it helps me it gives me hope that there that there will be change and there will be healing and I think that's my path that I'm currently on. And it's, I'm perpetually attempting to, you know, there's no, there's no try. There's either yes or no, there will be healing. And I want to continue that path to, you know, to be happy, to uh, be aware, to live life, to be on channel three, to learn how to 
integrate or be more in channel three than channel five, you know, being less afraid of taking risks, being less afraid of making changes of, you know, this, uh, I will say, you know, like engineering, yeah, it pays great, but there is something out there that I've always attempted to, to do. And I'm just so scared because I feel so comfortable, very, I know if I'm, if I'm doing this, I know what I'll get. But if I do this, I have no idea what I will get. So as I'm in this path, I am learning to to heal, learning to uh, be more on channel three than just be stuck on channel five. That was greatly said. And, and like I, I just want to reiterate that I really appreciated Yvette coming because she is an engineer, like very logical, very linear. And for her to be open to this, I wasn't sure how she was going to receive it. And, you know, when we were together, she spoke about how she had started her own healing journey and sought out therapy. And it wasn't my place to judge, even though I do feel like I'm like, yeah, talk therapy, you know, can help. Um, but with myofascial release, when you actually feel it in your body and you go through those positions of past traumas to actually release them and you feel lighter you cannot deny what you felt and what you saw. And I know early on when I was starting Wild Fashion Release, I was constantly like playing this game in my head of like, is this right? Because if it is, it means this. And it's just like what you recognize is you can convince yourself one way or another, but how you feel about it is how you genuinely feel about it. There's no way that that's going to change. But can you trust the way that you feel or what we were taught in school is like, yo, you have to have randomized controlled trials with the p-value of, net, you know, 0.05 and all this stuff. And it's like, yo, just because it makes sense doesn't mean that it's right. And something that's kind of gotten lost in healthcare is, is exactly that. It's this, we, there's no human connection, you know, like you're not helping somebody, they're a number and it's all about productivity. And that's all channel five, all those numbers and things like that. It's all channel five. And if we are stuck in that space, oftentimes you get burnt out. You're like, dude, I'm helping people, but I just am so overworked. I'm getting burnt out. My health, mental health is going to crap, but I'm helping people, you know, and you convince yourself that this is what you're supposed to be doing and that it's a good thing. But on the inside, if you really were to feel into what you're feeling, you would recognize like, hey, this isn't the right way in which we're supposed to help people. Now, everybody except for Yvette is in healthcare. Do y'all have any stories to share on those terms? And I felt like after the after the seminar, I was I changed my schedule. I mean, I was already thinking about changing the schedule for how many patients I see and how much space you give each patient. But yeah, I mean we we made more time for for patients and actually it it's one of those things I, I don't know who said it but it's like you don't you don't chase success if you if you do all the right preparation like it'll come the money follows right so making time for the people like we've been doing better because of that but it's also more fun it's more enjoyable to you know spend time with the, the patient connect with them and connect with them not just with their problems but like literally emotionally like it wasn't after day two for me at this at the seminar that I actually got more open. And I think part of it had to do with Rob's treatment at the therapy on the rocks because he just kind of took a load off my chest. It was, was kind of wild. But 
just being able to spend more time with patients and form that connection, I think, uh, improved after the seminar. I will share a pretty cool story, I guess, um, about work. I had a session with Rowena like two days after the healing seminar, and she had given me some tools I could use at work to maybe incorporate it into my job. And I work in surgery. Um, one of the things she had said was, you know, like holding some space for that patient and some good energy in that room before the surgery, or as they're waking up, you know, just kind of have your hand on them. Having that human connection back was something like I was really missing from my job. I had a patient who had broken a finger trying to catch a baseball and he wasn't really, you know, waking up um, after surgery as quickly as they normally do. And I put my hand on him and he threw his arm up like he was catching the baseball and then he woke up and I was just felt like seeing the power of MFR just right there or not even that just having good intentions with patients and being present with them in that moment was something that I I felt really, really, really good about. Yeah, I, th I thought that was a really good story. You know, it's, it's a release and he didn't even know it. But, uh, you know, for me, I work in the ER and it's a very fast pace. And it's very easy to just very tasky, uh, stay in channel five, let's get it done. Let's go, let's go. And it's it's hard to connect, you know, every, every like Joe said, every person is just a number. And uh, it's it's definitely slowed me down. And hey, you know what, let me see and actually spend a little bit more time. And it's it's not about quickness. It's not about this. It's it's actually about making them feel validated on their feelings. And, you know, spending a little bit more time with them is that actually makes a difference. They from being mad to, OK, you're actually spending time with me. You're getting to know me and I'm, I'm OK with that. You know, so it, it helps me in that way, too. I've been like exploring this concept of like MFR, but through words, meaning holding space the way that um, where you're not I'm not trying to control them as a I'm not trying to call a control a patient or even anticipate I am coming with a plan because that's like I I agree that I agree with that to a degree like not having too much of assumption but I have to know what's going on with the patient in terms of what medications they are on and such and have an idea of thing, where things can go but when I used to do that a lot I used to have so much things laid out to where I'm like this is what I'm going to do I know like 10 chess moves ahead of what's going to happen and that would lead to a lot of agitation for me because it's this idea of resistance of an, almost like going into a wave and expecting it to only go this way. But my point is that now, I, especially today, where there were a lot of times where I had this preconceived notion of what the visit was potentially going to be, then I was like, okay, just go in there with a state of this is an opportunity to help somebody. And every time I did that, I was always kind of like, oh, yeah, it's, it's that space of where, especially when I wasn't being controlled by time or feeling controlled by time that I, I felt the uh, opportunity to connect with someone and and, and hear them out, hear, really hear them out in terms of just like the way that when you're with MFR, you're feeling someone and really feeling for them, their space. So really hearing them out of like, oh, what is your actual concern here? Are you concerned that you're having a stroke right now? Or are you concerned about something else? I want to understand. So I'm, I'll completely like be very transparent with what trying to understand what they're feeling and what they're scared of just so that we can, I can identify aware and then let go if it's something that we need to let go and move forward. 
but even by doing that, I feel like it it helps create an opportunity to alleviate the, the the guilt that I feel at times where there are so many times in medicine where I'm like, oh, this is this shouldn't have happened or even should is a very questionable word, but it's just the idea of the, that people are being mismanaged by a system where I know how to navigate it, where it didn't have to be this way, but feeling like, okay, I did the best I could with what I could in this moment. And that's enough and feeling okay. And even, even when I look back at today, it's nothing, not everything was perfect, but I I'm able to even look at it, be okay with it and like feel it. That's the other thing of like channel three, at least for me, isn't just like, woo, anything goes. It's more of like, I'm aware, I'm, I'm mixing the channel five and channel three with kind of what, what John mentioned, like channel three allows for an attenuation or even a, a better meld of channel five where I'm a, I can feel out what I, what I made mistakes on, uh, analyze it and then let it go versus just like, I'm going to ignore it. And I was always right in terms of just like feeling like um, feeding my ego versus feeding the vulnerable side of myself that I'm like, oh yeah, this is where I made a mistake. This is what I could do better. This is what I'm going to do to change that in the future. So I will probably say that um, I feel more aware, you know, for instance, yesterday and today, um, there was a lot of traffic and I'm like, man, I have to get to UNU's or, hey, I have to go to church. I have to get home. I have to get medicine, stuff like that. And I started recognizing how I was on the go, like go, go, go. And even like, one of the things that Unu has noticed is, and I've kind of voiced out as well, it's like my right shoulder will start kind of like hurting in the back. And it's uh, stress that I've, I feel like it is stress that I've accumulated. And, you know, I've been, I've been on this high since coming back from uh, MFR. But when I started feeling um, overworked or like very stressed, um, I feel like I'm a bit more aware because I don't want to go back or start hurting. I want to stay in the state where I left the MFR seminar. So I'll say before the seminar, I'll probably be that person that's just, that's just like, go, 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 kind of neglect my body and just be just write it and then maybe get a free session from Uno or something. <laughs> no, I don't even let him, but um, <laughs> I feel like I'm a bit more aware of when my body is telling me, Hey, it, this is aching versus because I, I I've always lived with an ached body, you know, and now, you know, ever since releasing whatever I had in me, it feels so great. It feels so light. And as soon as I start, something starts creeping in, I'm just like, no, 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 no. Let's just hold off. And like, Maybe I'm putting too much on me. Maybe I, I shouldn't, I should cancel on this and uh, take care of myself. So I'll say awareness is definitely a thing that is happening to me since the seminar, since MFR. That, and that's huge. You know, without awareness, there's no choice. You don't recognize that these are the patterns that you've been doing and you just do them because it's, it's habit, right? And so I, I'm super proud for Yvette to be able to actually have this awareness and be like, hey, my body is kind of telling me something. Maybe I should listen to it. There's a saying that I live by, and it's, if you listen to your body when it whispers, you won't have to listen to it when it screams. And so many people will wait until their bodies are screaming before they finally do something about it. And another thing is Jason had mentioned, 
you know, holding space for somebody. And I'll say that when I was first doing this work, I'm a physical therapist. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. What does it mean to hold space? It's like a massage therapy term. And honestly, all that means is like, you know, I think we have pressure to fix or to do or to, you know, achieve something. But oftentimes when someone is in need of help, they just want you to sit in the mud with them. They're not asking you to fix their life entirely. They just want to be listened to, heard, and understood. And so more than anything, that's like a huge part of it. And as long as you're leading with your heart and you're there to kind of serve the patients or clients who have trusted you enough to like be in charge of their health, then for me personally, I don't take that lightly, right? And so what I've recognized, because when I was first learning this, I was like, oh, where do I put my hands? Where do I pull? Da, 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 da. And then as you look at whether it be John and Rob, it's like, sometimes they're not even touching the patient, you know, but they're just holding that space for them. And that is what is felt on a subconscious energetic level. Now, another thing that we say in myofascial release is you can only take someone as far as you have gone. And so now that we've all taken this healing seminar together, and I love that we all had our own perspectives uh, and our own relationships, like how Joe and Jason are like, yeah, we got separate rooms because we didn't know. Me and Yvette, we booked an Airbnb with two rooms. They're like, we don't know. I know Aika and, and Millie, y'all are like, yo, we get to share in this healing journey together. Now, now that we've taken the healing seminar and we've done that step, what would y'all say to someone who was curious about it, or maybe they it wasn't even on their radar, but you knew that they could benefit from it? What would you tell them? Is it just me or like everybody that has an ache? I'm like, you need MFR. You need MFR. Like I would get away. Everybody. Um, I think to people who wanna wanna know more about it is just take that leap. Just, you know, I, I tell my friends to go to the healing seminar to, um, go see Rowena or whoever here in Las Vegas, look into it because there's no injury and in MFR, it doesn't injure. And I think people can see the effects it's had on my life already. And so they take from that as well. Yeah. You know, um, what Yvette was saying earlier, is just, uh, just holding that space and going back to that feeling, hey, I don't, I don't want that, right? Being aware. And I remember Rowena, when I picked up the table from her, she just said, I'm so excited for you guys. It's the feeling that you're going to want to keep going back to when you need to. And that really stuck to me coming into the seminar. And now it makes sense what she said, what she meant by that. You know, it's, it's really exciting to hey this is your own journey you know you get to know yourself again for me at least and what an exciting way to do it with my wife so I, I think that's really exciting to start it with somebody because it's fun going through this journey and I think it's it's cool it's sad to not share it you know I, I just I want this is this is very freeing for me that I want everybody to feel the same way and no cost. You know, it's just, hey, it's just attitude for the most part and being aware. I think that one of the selling points or even I was saying that part of the tuition that people pay outside of the money is a feeling of being fed up or stuck with the current 
options that you've been given. That's what leads to MFR. I think there are many other ways to get there, but I think when people are feeling stuck where they're like, oh gosh, I, I'll do anything. I just want to feel better. That leads to um, a sense of urgency and open-mindedness and intention with being there, with with wanting to get better. Because I think that there that has to, I mean, it doesn't have to be, but that, that creates um, an environment to learn. Similar to, you know, if there's a train about to run off the course, it's like, okay, I got to figure out how this train works or else things are not going to get better. And that's where, for me, a lot of these, that's what led me to this place and like led me to keep on staying there. I was like, oh, I'm already here. I'm, I, and I want to know more about how other people are approaching healing. Um, and then the other part of it is this concept of people that want to break the programming of habits of where I feel um, there's this concept of like a habit is where the body becomes the mind where because I'm so conditioned to do things a certain way, to feel a certain way, that things will only stay the same way because that's all I do. But to break that programming no differently than than changing the CD or changing the playlist, it's like, or changing a prescription of glasses in order to see the world differently, I, something needs to change. And that's where something like this, where it's outside of the box and exploring something that's uncomfortable can facilitate the potential for change. And I think, Uno, you just to kind of bring it back to, I remember on the first day where you're like, yeah, it's normal to feel that discomfort. And I think that it's this concept of exploring why I feel uncomfortable with this and, and unpacking that where answers actually get revealed. And yes, that's channel five, but sometimes you need to go to the five to get to the three. <laughs> so yeah, why questions are definitely channel five. Usually when you get rubbed the wrong way, you might want to ask yourself, what is it about what I just saw makes me uncomfortable? And that forces you to feel into your body and what might come up, but beautifully stated. And I'm glad that you, I'm glad that everyone stayed through it. Cause I think everyone's initial reaction is like, bro, I'm not coming back for day two. Right. So good job with that. Joe, you got anything to say? Yeah, I think so for anyone that wants to come, I think all the overthinkers need to go because like <laughs> my brother's very cerebral, but he's also very intuitive. And he trusts, I think he he's doing better at trusting his intuitive more and more since coming from this, but he has to still rationalize it, right? So all the overthinkers would benefit from it. I used to be such a major overthinker and then I'm kind of a blend a little bit more now where sometimes maybe I, I let too much go, kind of go with the flow and I need somebody to kind of counter me and be that channel five for me sometimes, as weird as that might sound. I think that being in channel five right? They're just defense mechanisms that layer upon themselves. It's just like computer programming that just becomes more and more convoluted. And now we've become a complicated, unhappy person, right? And I think MFR is great to kind of unwind that mentally and physically for people. So I kind of want to touch base with what, sorry to change this question. Oh, go ahead. Or, but uh, Ika, like, you know, one of the things Actually, it was a question that you skipped me, by the way, and I'm going to give my answer now. <laughs> um, so, you know, one of the things that um, felt really great being part of, you know, uh, getting to know you guys, this group, was there was somewhat um, not shame, but like scared that what we are currently going through is perhaps maybe 
somebody else is not going through it. And so you, you feel somewhat uh, shamed or scared, but because we were in this great environment, as well as meeting the people, the people who we connected with, like it made it so great to be able to let go because there were so many commonality uh, synchronicities. And one of the things that, uh, that I'm so happy that I kind of like uh, connected with Aika was I asked her what, what, what is one of the reasons that you, you came and there was, uh, you know, there was, uh, similar situations that it was a similar situation that Unu and I are going through. And one of the things that you said was, it's so great to be able to heal with together because if somebody else is healing and the other one isn't, this is where the separation begins. And to be able to see how you guys are trying to, you know, everybody goes to, through struggles in relationship, regardless of what kind of relationships they are. It's nice. It's almost like everybody was understood, regardless of what situation they were going through, whatever they were working within themselves. Like we all understood and we felt validated to know that it's not just you, you know, everybody's going through it. And now we're all attempting to, heal. We're, we're all healing. So what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so I will say that I thoroughly enjoyed again, connecting with y'all. You know, I think because we all kind of got to go through it together, we get to talk about it amongst each other. And we're all part of the same tribe. Whereas when I was first doing it on my own, I was by myself. I was kind of like, felt like I was hiding the secret so it's super cool to hear that you're like yo everyone should get MFR you got a little pain to get MFR whereas I was like bro I just saw this lady have an exorcism like I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about this right so I just want to say thank y'all again um, I'm sure our paths will cross if there's anything else y'all would like to say before we close out this podcast uh feel free to share that just uh thank you thank you everybody it's been like really really nice meeting all of you and um seeing your lives on instagram since we're not you know close by but it um it's just been it's been great to share this experience so thank you everybody yep thank you uh you know not every day that you meet people and you tell them all the stories on your past and childhood yeah you get to know they won they won so you know i mean that doesn't happen and i think this is a wolf pack right here i, I think this is a cool group and i'll i'll do that but that's in the future you know it's cool yearly trip i think can we make a pact of a yearly trip I mean, there's MFR, there's more seminars coming up. But, but you would have done all of them. <laughs> yeah, oh. but you got to repeat. It, it doesn't hurt to repeat. And it's the thing with Mile Faster Release, it's not didactic. It's not like once you learn it, you've got it. Because as you learn these concepts and you integrate them, which is more important, then when you retake a seminar, you're taking it as a different person. And so different things will resonate that you didn't hear before, or maybe you heard them differently now. So like 
don't think that because I've taken all the seminars that I'm not going to take them anymore. I'll say that for me, when I first started taking MFR seminars, I was, I was doing postural restoration and I had taken one last postural restoration, uh, continuing education course, and it felt stale to me. And so that's when I was like, bro, I'm taking MFR as much as I can. When I need CEUs, I'm always going to do MFR. So I am down for a yearly uh, annual meetup. Uh, I always like to go to Sedona. So if you guys want to do that, yo, just let me know the dates. Joe? Um, I was going to ask you, like, so you had a lot of, sorry if this is the end, but you had a lot of hesitation at the beginning to, to go on this path. Like, when did it click? Was it like day two, day three, or not even your second seminar? Or did you just keep going until you're like, okay, there's something there, but you're still doubtful? I was very doubtful. So I was known as a skeptic, like John's biggest skeptic. And I'll say this, like, <laughs> I would just go off and ask a bunch of questions. Like, yo, if you're saying this is right, then you're saying all of healthcare is wrong. That's what I'm saying. If you're saying that, da, 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 where's your hands? Where's your line of pull? And I was asking all of these questions. And I'll say that when I was learning it, I, I do have to thank John and give him a shout out because he was very patient with me. Whereas now he's like, yo, there's a three question limit. And I don't know if I was the reason why there's a three question limit, but I was just asking a ton of questions. And so, but because I didn't have like my own tribe or my own group that I could kind of open up with this about, I remember, I remember taking my first seminar and trying to tell my friends and they were like, I don't know, Unu, it sounds like you're getting the wool pulled over your eyes. Like, it sounds like this is a, a sham. And I was like, okay, y'all aren't the right people that I can open up with about it. So I kind of had to keep it a secret. And then for me, I was confident in my work. I do truly believe that I was put on this earth to be a physical therapist and help people heal from their pains and their injuries. And so I was already getting positive results. And so, um, and I don't do traditional therapy. So more for me, it was like, I already felt like I was doing good work, but there was something about this that just kept calling me back. And I, when I spoke with Rowena's husband, his name's Patrick, he was like, you're part of the Indigo people. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. And he was like, well, think about it. Like you're following a path, right? Like you quit your job to do this. Like nobody does that. You're, you did this, even though it felt uncomfortable. Like Nobody does that. And so I do feel like something was kept calling me back. Obviously, like when you see it for me, I was like, yo, this is either the best thing since sliced bread or this is a sham, but I need to find out for myself. And so I remember I took two vacation series. So that's six classes. And I still wasn't using it because I was like, bro, I have no idea. You know, I didn't have anyone that I could share this with. And so that's why I'm very grateful to have connected with y'all. I'm like, we get to talk about these things and everybody opens up. So to answer your question, it took me probably a year before I started using it. And then it's not until my patients reported feeling better or seeing their results that I was like, okay, this is, I'll, I'm always going to do what I think is best for the patient. And since they're being receptive to it, it's not about what I think and my credentials or what I feel like is best. It's like, honestly, it's whatever they feel like is helping them the most. And myofascial release is a huge part of that. Yvette, do you have any last thoughts that you'd like to share about this all? Um, 
I am interested a bit more. So I've agreed with Tuunu that we'll be going back in February for the women's health. Let's go. I will say that there was a great moment because I had wanted to take Yvette to this seminar, but obviously it all was uh, contingent on how she responded or received healing seminar. And after day one, when she was like, this isn't for me, give me the keys, I'm out of here. I was like, whoa, this is not going to go anywhere beyond this. But at the end, she was like, hey, I'll, I'm willing to go to, to Women's Health with you in February. So that made me super, super happy that she was receptive to the work and we get to do this healing process together. So again, thank y'all so much for taking the time out of y'all schedule to do this podcast. I look forward to crossing paths again. I'm sure that it'll happen. I'm down, totally down to make this an annual thing. We just got to coordinate dates, but I am honored and grateful to have met and connected with each and every one of y'all. Thanks so much. Thank you. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Later, y'all. Good night. Thanks for listening to another episode of Myofascial Health. I help myofascial release therapists create beautiful websites for their MFR practices, even if they aren't tech savvy. If you're just starting your MFR practice or you're an experienced MFR practice owner, learn more about how I can help at www.myofascial.health website.